This is episode number 425 with James Altucher. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off take your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card you can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit u.s restaurants and gas stations that's the powerful backing of american express Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite, and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com com slash greatness netsuite.com slash greatness again head to netsuite.com slash greatness welcome everyone to another special edition of the school of greatness podcast i'm excited because we've got james altucher back on the show he's been on a number of times we'll have those linked up in the show notes at lewishouse.com slash 425 to go listen to those ones. But this is the first time he's actually been on video too. So we've got the full video interview on our YouTube page as well if you want to see the experience of James Altucher over video. For those that don't know who he is, James Altucher is an American hedge fund manager, entrepreneur, best-selling author, and got one of the biggest podcasts out there. He's founded or co-founded more than 20 companies and says he's failed at 17 of them. He's a frequent contributor to many of the top publications out there. And USA Today named his last book, Choose Yourself, as one of the 12 best business books of all time. And he's done it again with a new book called Reinvent 
yourself. And it's been interesting to see him reinvent every area of his life over the last year and a half, two years from his relationships to his actual physical possessions. He only owns like 15 possessions now. He's homeless and talks about what that's like, um, not having any possessions, getting rid of his houses, his homes, his stuff, and essentially leaning out in his entire life and reinventing every area of his life. His health has reinvented everything. So in this interview, we talk about how to cultivate innovative ideas to reinvent ourselves. Also, the future of jobs and which ones are growing the most and which ones are going to be gone eventually. James's formula for reinventing yourself. The story of why James sold all of his possessions and decided to become homeless and why you shouldn't think about what's missing in your life. Also, how if you're not reinventing yourself, we talk about this, how you're slowly fading away. If you're not constantly in a reinvention phase in some area of your life, what's going to happen to you? And I think that's important for everyone to to take on and consume that information that we're constantly in a state of reinvention or we're slowly fading away. And what does your reinvention look like? And are you doing the right things? So I hope you guys enjoy this one. If you do, make sure to tweet out or tag me on Instagram or Facebook. The link lewishouse.com slash 425 and let me know what you think. What do you get out of this the most? Let me know and tag at Altucher as well over there. So without further ado, let me introduce to you the one, the only James Altucher. Welcome everyone back to the School of Greatness podcast. We have a legend in the house, James Altucher. Good to see Lewis, you, man. I'm, I'm so glad we managed to do this. We were just talking the other day, and yes. then you said, come on over and do a podcast, and yes. up here I am. It's perfect timing. What a great studio you've got here. Thanks, man. You've got the wall of greatness up there, Yes, and I've got podcast envy. You've got so many great <laughs> guests that um, I'm really impressed. There's Larry uh, King, there's Tony Robbins, there's Arianna Huffington, there's pictures of you with everyone, yeah. Sarah Blakely. Yeah. Really great guest. Thanks, man. And now you'll be on the wall. Now I'll now be on we the do wall. do this in person. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You've got uh, many books out. One of them is called Choose Yourself, which we had you on before to talk about this. How many books has this sold? 300,000? 200,000? Uh, actually, I'm over a half a million books on that now. Half a million books. Yeah. That's got to be in the I'm top. I'm really grateful for that. It's got to be in the top 1% of 1% in terms of authors who sell a book. Well, I've written now 18 books in total. If you add up the other 17, it still doesn't equal this book. No way. So this sold the most. Yes. Wow. Why do you think that sold the most of everything? Well, I think because we're in this time where two amazing things are happening. One is, is that technology is such that people can say, look, I don't need X, Y, and Z to do the thing that I love to do most. I can just do it. So I was sitting with a guy a few months ago, and he said to me, what I really want to do is make YouTube videos that are successful and sell ads on them. And I said, well, why don't you just start doing it? And he said, <laughs> well, I don't have uh, the right camera equipment. And so he got it. He got halfway there. Because some people say, oh, I really want to do a TV show, but I don't have an agent, I don't have a network, I don't have a scriptwriter, yeah. I don't have all these things. So people get stuck at that point. So he skipped that, and he said, okay, I can make videos on myself. But then he said, I don't have the right camera. 
And I said, let me see your iPhone. This one iPhone right here, this is better than all the video cameras from, from right. 10 years ago. <laughs> exactly. So, so just start making YouTube videos. It's the, it's the skill of storytelling, not the, not the equipment that's going to make you successful or not. A great example is Michelle Phan. She was doing makeup videos. Her first 60 videos got no views. Then she did a video on how Lady Gaga, how to do uh, makeup like Lady Gaga. Mm. Totally blew up. Now she has a $30 million makeup company. Wow. Uh, but she, it was only then that she bought the equipment to do good videos. Quality, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the story with everybody. You have to... You know, they're, they're, you have to ready, fire, aim. So you get ready. This is what I want to do. Then you just start doing it. And then as it starts to coalesce and you realize, oh, here are my mistakes and here's what's working, then you start to, you know, aim. Okay, now I'm going to upgrade my equipment. Yeah. Now I'm going to upgrade my, my studio, whatever whatever you need to upgrade. Mm -hmm. But but ready first, fire second, aim last. I know. I think you really got to be in kind of more action mode than planning mode. You've got to put something out there and gain feedback from people. You can't just say, oh, I need to have everything look perfect first. And I think this is something that I did early on. I just, I never had perfect design early on. I never had the equipment, but I was just so good at taking action consistently. And then I'd see, oh, here, I'm getting a little bit of results with this one thing. So let me put more time and energy in making this better. No one will ever give you permission to create the future. Yeah. So because no one else knows what the future is. So so if you're going to have if you're going to do something with impact right now, that means you're already creating the future because that's what makes impact is something that's different from the present. Right. So no one is going to give you permission to do that. You have to you have to give yourself that permission. Now this is almost clicheish like give yourself permission, but I've seen it time and time again. I've seen it in your stories that you've told. I've seen it in my own life. People say right before right before that moment where I'm doing something completely insane, people will always tell me you can't do that, and they're doing it out of out of they're not yelling at me, they're doing it because they care about me. Don't you can't do that? Don't do that. It's scary. Um, but that's when you're you're on to something. You're gonna do it, and you might fail, and then you go on and do the next thing, mm -hmm. or you it might work, and now you've done something well. Yeah. So with choose yourself, what I did here was. Um, and, and, you know, this is a book that's already a couple of years old, but what I did here was, uh, I decided I'm going to self-publish. I did, I did books with mainstream publishers yes. and, it, and it didn't quite work for me, it worked for other people, but it didn't work for me. And so I said, I'm going to hire a book designer. I'm going to hire an interior designer. I'm going to hire good editors. I'm going to work with the best at mar the best teams at marketing. And I, I professionally self-published this book and it's been my most successful book and I made the most money out of it. Half a million sales. You, you also do different – you can also kind of manipulate the, the pricing. You can change it on Amazon for yeah. special weekends for like a dollar or 99 cents or two bucks, and then you can put it up to $20 or whenever you want to, right? Yeah, you control everything about it. So uh, you know, even just a few months ago, there was an article that appeared in the New York Times which mentioned the book. So, so this book catapulted – Three years after it was published, because it's still – it's an evergreen book. It's still relevant yes. now, but um, – just a few months ago, it was number one for all nonfiction on Amazon. Wow. So it just That's keeps big. on going. So the other thing that happened in that, that makes Choose Yourself very interesting is that the economy changed. So right now, you know, half it will, half of all jobs basically are are held by people who don't need a college degree for those jobs. And what's happening soon is pretty much half of all jobs are going to be freelance jobs. You're going to be companies are outsourcing, companies are demoting people, nobody's happy in their big jobs at, at corporations. So you kind of the economy is such that you kind of have to say, well, 
I need to choose myself now because no one else, if any, if you let anyone else choose you, then the results are not going to be as good. Right. If your boss chooses you for something, it's not going to be what you ideally want to do. You have to choose yourself to, for, for ultimate happiness and well-being. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing with what the problem is. People don't know how to do it. So that's why I wrote now, reinvent yourself to kind of get people to that point where, okay, well, I've been in this situation for five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. I don't know how to make this change in my life or I'm scared to or how do I pay the bills while I'm doing this or whatever. And so reinvent yourself was sort of a a natural outcome of choosing yourself. Yeah. You know, it seems like more and more no one has the same job for more than a few years. You know, they're always looking for a new job to grow and to be inspired, and they're looking for new companies with a different vision. Uh, And then also, as entrepreneurs, we're constantly reinventing ourselves, you know, from my early stages of playing sports to doing LinkedIn to doing webinars, doing online marketing to now the podcast to doing books and just constantly evolving every year. I'm constantly looking for ways to reinvent myself personally because I feel like that's the only way you can do it. If you try to do the same thing over and over for a long time, it's going to go out of style or people aren't going to want it anymore, right? Right. Well, look at it. Let's look at it in terms of music. Like the even the best, best bands ever, okay, they have their kind of like glory period of five mm-hmm. to seven years and then they spend the rest of their careers uh, just touring on those. Playing their old hits. Yeah, on their yeah. old hits. I can't, I, can only, I can't think of that many bands. I mean, maybe you could think of where – for 50 straight years, they had hits. I mean, a great example, I mean, there's so many great examples, but like Bob Dylan, you can see every five years, he reinvents himself. That's mm-hmm. why he wins the Nobel Prize in literature. The Beatles maybe reinvented themselves once, and then that was it. They they right. w- they went out. The Rolling Stones, they're always reinventing themselves, but when they tour, they play the old hits. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Madonna's a great example. Madonna's she, a great example. She re- reinvents every two years, it seems like, to kind of like stay in tune with the the themes of the you know the music world but she's been doing it for what 25 years or yeah and, and louis ck is a good example mm-hmm. when he realized he, he needed to rewrite his act every single year and jerry seinfeld was always fighting that he would do the same act but but he's also re- rewriting his acts now and uh mm. you know it, but this is not just we're talking about you know sports and comedy and, and artistic endeavors this happens in professional endeavors as well like you can't just work for for the same company forever because that company is changing and reinventing and you might get demoted you you can't outsource your self-esteem and your 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 sense of of self-worth to another company or organization because they're going to let you down they're going to break your heart so you have to be able to say okay well i'm no longer they're no longer satisfying my needs i'm going to jump ship and do this other either job or career Mm -hmm. think about your careers not just jobs again you were you you you've done courses on LinkedIn, which mm-hmm. you know about LinkedIn. You've done webinars about LinkedIn. You've also played uh, uh, arena football. Yep. You've done handball. Yep. You're doing podcasts. You've written books. These are not just different jobs; they're different careers. Yeah. They're they're different ways skill sets. Yeah, yeah, and you have to develop these different skill sets. That's what this, and it's not like. It's not like it was so incredibly hard that writing a book will be the only thing you do in life. You're going to do many things for the rest of your life. That's what life is here for. Mm-hmm. So, wow, you know, that's reinvention. Do you think people are are screwed if they don't start thinking about how they're going to reinvent themselves? I think so because I think, you know, Kevin Kelly, uh, who is uh, – he's got a great blog. He's a, I've known him for a long time. He has this great quote, um, and he's a founding editor of Wired Magazine. Yep. Uh, he has this great quote, productivity is for robots. So so what that means is it's not about like rushing around, 
being as productive as possible 20 hours a day. And some people say that, that you have to like work, 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 and then, you know, reap the benefits later. You know, what he's really saying with productivity is for robots is that everything um, that is not about you learning personally is going to eventually be outsourced or automated. And so you kind of have to have mm-hmm. create your own have your own ideas about what you want to be and what you want to do and then, you know, work to to create it and then eventually either outsource it or move on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and of course Tim Ferriss talks about this in the in the 4-hour work week where eventually he started to automate his processes, so he moved his work week down from 80 hours to 4 hours. That was the premise of that book, but I think it's more it's more happening on uh, a corporate level, on a Fortune 500 level where entire layers of middle management and middle employees and even the workers working at the factory that's all being automated or or move to another country. What's yeah. going to happen when self-driving cars are driving everybody around? It's 90% of the auto industry is just going to disappear. And it's not like they're going to be just transferred into the self-driving industry. That's going to be a smaller industry. Mm. So They're going to have to reinvent themselves. They're going to have to reinvent themselves. That's just one industry. Same thing's happening in publishing, in the music industry, in accounting, mm. in the legal industry. Yeah, there's I mean, new wh- softwares coming out that makes everything simpler for accounting. You don't even, you know. Yeah, and also, like, let, let's say uh, let's say you and I were doing a contract. We're going to be partners in some new business. I don't need a lawyer. I'll go to LegalZoom, download right. a document, and we'll sign it. And so, mm. so, so many things are, are happening now, and companies are catching up. Individuals are catching up. And, you know, hopefully the listeners are, are yeah. catching up. Yeah, so how do we cultivate this idea of kind of – reinventing but it's more like innovative ideas for ourselves to create something new how do we cultivate these innovative ideas well let me ask you a question when you switched into i don't know did you play handball since you were a kid no okay so so how did you decide i'm gonna be an (laughs) olympic level athlete in handball sure and what did you what was the first thing you did i i saw it on tv i watched the 2008 olympics i was sleeping on my sister's couch still with the i just got my cast off from playing football from a surgery and I watched the Olympics, and instantly I just had a new idea. I said, "That's something I want to do." I was just like, "I'm going to play on the USA." So, so something something stirred inside yes, you, like yes. you felt it. It's like and a that, dream, a and, new dream was created. And that happens to people. Uh, I don't want to say every day, but like once a year, a couple mm-hmm. times a year, once a month. That you feel that, and you don't always pursue everything, right? right. I'm sure there's many things you would like to do that you don't pursue. Yeah, so, don't have the bandwidth for it's not the right timing or whatever. Yeah, but you already had training as an athlete, yes. so you knew. Okay, this is another sport. This is something where I. It's like almost like a backdoor into the Olympics because, yes. or or into the U.S. team because who else would think to do no this? No one else is playing. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like an old man sport. I could probably <laughs> squeeze in here and get good enough. Okay. So what's your what, what do you do next? So next, I started researching. I, I went online and started researching like USA handball, handball teams in Ohio. There was nothing in Ohio. And then I said, okay, where are the teams in the country? And and I started looking at like what are the best teams? Because if I'm going to learn this quickly, I need to learn from the best. So I learned that the New York team had won the national championships over the last few years. So I was like, okay, when I make enough money, I'm going to go to New York City and learn from these this play, these players, this team. And uh, for about the next year, I was like, well, how am I going to do that? Because I have no money. I'm broke on my sister's couch. That's when LinkedIn started kind of opening up for me. And I started to make like a few hundred bucks a month teaching LinkedIn. So I said, okay, when I make enough money doing this, then I'm going to leave Ohio and go to New York City to like see what this is like. And by the way, when you were in New York City, it's not like you stopped making money on LinkedIn. No, no. I was no, still doing that. No, these things were interweaving They're all other. interweaving. Yes. Yeah. So I, about a year later, a year and a half later, I... Um, 
started really making a lot of money, like just kind of started happening. Everything started to unfold and happen after a lot of action taking. And so I moved to New York City for a month. Now, the whole time for this year, year and a half, no one would respond to me on the USA national team for like the headquarters. No one would respond to me at the New York team. I would email people. I would call numbers. No one would get back to me. How are you getting better during this time? I was just training as an athlete, but I, was, I still hadn't played handball yet. But I still had this idea of like, I need to go and at least explore it so I don't regret not trying to see if I could make this. I was like, at least I got to go and try it so I can kind of eliminate it from my mind as something I, I want to do or don't want to do in the future. But if I, for me personally, I, I know that if I think about something and I want to do it, if I don't at least explore it, I'll think about it for the rest of my life and I'll regret not trying, not right. giving it a go. So, um, so I say, okay, no one's getting back to me anywhere. I'm emailing people every month. I'm trying to call people every month. No one's getting back to me. So I say, screw it. I'm going to go to New York for a month. I had a couple speaking gigs in New York for like LinkedIn something and at some social media conferences. And I was like, I'm just going to go stay for the month. And I'm going to show up at their practice because they had the practice address of where they practice on the website for the New York team. So you, you, so you, so you got ready, I by, got ready. By, by constantly training, training. Yep. And then you just, you fired. That's it. I just showed up and yeah. I just showed up to practice when I said they were playing. Cause no one picked up or got no one gave you me. permission to do that. No one gave me permission. I showed up. And the first day I got there, I was the only American on who was in the court. And it was all these former professional players in Europe who now moved to New York and kind of like live and play for fun. So, so as a white man, you were yes. basically the minority on the American team. I was American the minority. Team. I was like, they barely spoke English. I was just like this outsider. And um, I got there and I go, hey guys, my name's Lewis. I'm, I'm here from Ohio and my, my goal is to make the Olympics and play with the USA national team. And they just all started laughing. And then I just showed up every single week. I ended up moving to New York. I didn't go back to Ohio. I stayed there for... The next year and a half, and nine months later, I made the USA team. But I was there every single week practicing and just, like, learning and taking action. And, so so yeah. what you did was uh, exemplifies something that – and this isn't original to me. I'll describe where, where it comes from. But I call – in my book, I call this um, – uh, you reinvent yourself by finding your plus minus equal. Mm-hmm. So your plus was – all, all these people, you wanted to be around the, the best in the world. People better than me. Yeah. Right, so you could learn from them. So you have to find your plus. And at first, they're they're virtual. You Maybe you watch YouTube videos yes. of them, you read books about them, yep. um, you, you, you study things that they write or photographs they take or videos they shoot. So then, then they became real for you because you actually joined them and, and started hanging around them. Then you have to find your equals because if you're just crushed every day in a game of handball, it's going to be hard mm-hmm. for you. You need lessons, but then you need people who challenge you. Yes. So people who you can say, oh, I got that one more point off him. Mm-hmm. I feel challenged and you get better and better and you can measure your results. And there were people there that were like that who were on the team who were kind of beginners. So I was, Right. So yeah. you, you, found, you found your peer group. You found yeah. your, your, your new cohort and then you find um it's almost a bad word for it but you call it the, i call it the the minus which is people you could teach mm-hmm. i don't know if this was uh you know a, a catalyst for your reinvention but mm-hmm. ultimately you play people in handball that you're a lot better than and then yeah. you could teach them and that solidifies your learning right so and that's almost every reinvention you know you and i have both had hundreds of people on our podcast they've all reinvented themselves and i bet you in every single case there's a plus minus equal yeah so sure. that, that, that happens with all of them like i talk to anybody from from a rapper to uh, a huge entrepreneur, like a billionaire entrepreneur, they've all had their plus minus equal. Yeah, you start somewhere where you're going to learn from a mentor or a coach or someone who's at the top or someone who's greater than you. And you got to find, you know, it's the same thing with sports. You find teams that are kind of like your equals and you never know which way it's going to go. 
One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there to too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And then you have others that you're teaching. And I think this is a platform that I have where I'm constantly sharing information from great guests like you, where I'm able to share new information to people that may, may not have access to it. So I think we're doing that constantly. We're interviewing people that maybe are greater their results than us in certain areas. And then we also connect with other people on the same level. And then we're sharing it with people who are. Sure. And you, and you learn and kind of um, it sort of has almost like a chemical transformation inside you, everything you learn. And how does mm -hmm. it work for me? So this concept of a plus minus equal, I read in Ryan Holiday's book, Ego is the Enemy. Mm -hmm. Where did he get it? He got it from Frank Shamrock, who is a big mixed martial arts instructor yeah. who talks about the plus minus equal. So all of these things get passed around and passed around. And it's like a game of operator. They change with each person that you learn from. So everything mm -hmm. you learn, like every time I do something um, where I think, okay, here I'm learning something new, I will immediately write down in a notepad or on my computer, here's the 10 things I learned from it. Wow. So I'm visiting LA this week. That's why I'm here in your studio. And uh, the other day we went to the museum, The Broad. I don't know if you've been to it. It's downtown, a, right? It's yeah. amazing out here. Beautiful museum, all this, all these pop art exhibitions. And I hadn't been in a museum in 20 years. I read every description and immediately, and, and it's all about creativity, of course, like all these amazing artworks. So immediately after I left, I wrote down, here's the 10 things I learned about creativity from just 
just visiting the broad for cool. a couple hours. So so with everything I try to learn or that or or if I have a podcast guest, I'll I'll, I'll research and research and research, do the interview, and then right afterwards, here's the ten things I learned from this guy. That's smart. So and then that gives me a chance to 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 potentially use other outlets too mm. for the podcast. Like okay, I can maybe write an article about this on LinkedIn or whatever. Mm. What do you say is your last? The last time you reinvented yourself, what was the thing? Or are you in reinvention right now? Or was it months I, ago? Or I mean, definitely I am in reinvention. We're, we're constantly in the state of reinvention. It's just a matter of um, deciding what it is we're, we're reinventing. Mm. So so I'm in the process of I, – I just wrote a children's book actually a month ago. I'm in the process of – uh, Molly, right? Yeah, Molly Hahn actually, uh, who's a great illustrator. Uh, I'm in the process of uh, – uh, writing some fiction. I'm running a, a, a business revolving around my content. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, another thing happened to me about seven months ago, uh, maybe yeah, or last March, uh, I decided, okay, I am traveling around a lot. I'm staying in Airbnbs a lot. How about we try an experiment? I had leases on two apartments that were coming up. And I said, not only am I going to cancel the leases, I'm not even going to go back to the apartments, and I'm just going to throw everything out in the apartments. So I didn't want to do the – you know the Marie Kondo book, The Magic Art of Tidying yes. Up? So she says, okay, minimalism is good, but pick everything up and decide if you love it or not. You know, Hold everything to your heart and like, do I love this and I'll keep it or I don't love this, so I'm going to throw it out. I decided I'm not going to love anything, and I'm just going to throw everything out. So I, I paid a friend of mine. Her name was Lisa. I said, Lisa, just go to these apartments and – don't even call me. I'm not going to pick up the phone. Don't even call me. And you can either keep everything, throw everything out, donate everything, or sell everything and keep the profits for yourself. And so she went out there uh, to one of my apartments. She had a whole truck. She took she took her husband, her kids, her nephews, nieces, cousins. Wow. And they, they literally – I had – I think I had three or four beds in that house – um, computers, TVs, dishes, thousands of books, wow. um, all my clothes, everything, and she just cleaned up. And I, I, I remember I called up that landlord a few months later, and she said, "What did you do? You hire a cleaning crew? That place was spotlessly empty." <laughs> and one call I did pick up. My daughter Josie was in the apartment at the time, and she calls, and I didn't explain to her what was going to be happening. And she's like, "Uh, Dad, this entire family of people just walked into the house, and they're pulling like the beds out. Is this okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, just." And she said, "They're pulling my bed." (laughs) I said, "Just let them take everything." Wow. So So now, of course, my my (laughs) she lives normally with with her mom, but she was happened to be at the house uh, that weekend. So, but and and Lisa did call me up one time, and I picked up the phone, and she said, "Are you sure you want me to throw out your diploma? I'm throwing everything else out." Throwing, she threw trophies out that I had made when I was eighteen. I mean, that I had gotten one when I was eighteen for chess or whatever. And um, she said, "Are you sure you want me to throw out your diploma? It's really nicely framed, and yeah, I can see you spent money on this." And I'm like, absolutely, I want you to throw out my diploma. I have not even thought about my diploma. I can't even remember what I learned in college, like let alone <laughs> get, care about my diploma. So definitely don't don't give that one away. Th- burn it. Just throw it in the fireplace. <laughs> and so she did. Wow, amazing. So, um, and then the New York Times wrote a, a front page article about you and what what section was it oh it was the front page of the fashion section fashion on Sunday. section so you can see me that's huge so yes. i was so i 
I worked that for a whole, for at least three or four weeks afterwards. Like every time I saw my two daughters, I was like, "You have to listen to me because I'm, I'm a fashion, fashion icon right now." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they they didn't know how to respond to that. They were That's like, hilarious. "You're not a fashion expert." But um, yeah, that was a that was a real interesting article um, because they kind of picked up that you were doing this experiment that you were getting rid of everything in your life, all right. physical. Uh, possessions everything i mean and you have what 13 items 20 items or what yeah you uh, basically i max out at 15 15 so, items yeah so if i if i buy something new i have to like if i buy a new t-shirt i bought this t-shirt the other day i have to throw a t-shirt out so so and by the way you people think oh that's expensive no you could go into Dwayne. you could go into a pharmacy and buy a pack of three t-shirts for 12 dollars. so yeah it's not so expensive so so but i i carry basically all my belongings with me so everywhere I, you go i live in your apartment right now that's this is amazing my, if you want to send me mail this is my address right now <laughs> lewis's apartment school of greatest headquarters yes. yeah so you have like a la- you have a laptop what do you have a phone uh, a laptop yeah laptop um phone i actually got rid of my tablet because i you mm. could read on your on my your phone. laptop or yeah. your phone or whatever and uh and then i just have like a couple outfits That's and like it. toothpaste toothbrush but i stay in airbnb so they always come equipped with like towels you know, shampoos and, yeah. and towels and furniture you never actually really need furniture now someone will say oh well it's better to own and rent to me maybe that's true but for me i get to experience all these great houses and locations all around the city and the world and mm-hmm. uh, live, you know, experience other people's lifestyles and, well, by the way, just live my own lifestyle that mm-hmm. I want to live at the same time. So, well, Do you feel like you'll do this for a long time or is this just a reinvention phase that maybe it'll... I feel like I will do this today. <laughs> I don't worry about a long time from now. So many people think, oh, well, I'm going to mm-hmm. settle in St. Louis and live there the rest of my life. <laughs> I could die tomorrow. I... I I'm going to be on a plane tomorrow. Maybe the plane will crash. I don't know. Right, so right, right. certainly a big risk to go 35,000 feet up in the air at you know 600 miles an hour. That's pretty risky if you think about it. It is. So it I'm is. taking a huge risk tomorrow. And <laughs> if I survive it, then maybe I'll live this way another day. There you go. But you're not thinking like, oh, in a couple of years, I'll have my own place again. You're just like, this is all I'm thinking about right now. This is all I'm thinking about right now. Yeah. Amazing. It's too stressful. You know, that's the whole point, really. It's not just about giving up possessions people call that minimalism but that could actually be really stressful giving up giving up all your possessions the, the real key is giving up the things you think about and so then you could focus then you let creativity in and you can focus on this is what i really want to do is figure out um you know interesting things to talk to lewis about or interesting mm. things to write about or interesting things that are funny to me or businesses i can start or things i can do with my own business yeah. so and so on mm. what's the most meaningful thing in your life right now well, I think uh, – and they work hand in hand. I think – I mean and, – and by the way, uh, there's a cliched answer, which is my two daughters are the most meaningful thing to me. But that whenever someone says that, I think to myself, that's a lot of BS because <laughs> – first off, I really hope my daughters and, – and this is the job of being a father and a parent is that you want them to kind of be adults and grow up and – move away and I love them and I'll always be in my life and they'll always be the people closest to me but I, I did my job they're they're good kids they're about right. to be adults and bam done mm. um, okay besides family which is everyone's <laughs> answer what's right. the most meaningful thing I, I think that my my writing and podcast interweave with each other so I really believe in a mess in this in in I really believe that that my own personal experiences of of failing to reinvent myself constantly failing and and then how i got over that over and over and over again and then failing again and then getting over it again this is a 
to me, meaningful to write down because then I get responses like, oh, I'm going through this right now also, and this gives me some clues as to what I should be doing. And that's all writing is, is that we're all we're all detectives in this great mystery of life, and all we can do is share clues with each other. There are so many um, self-help uh, writers who just say from top down, this is what it means to be a leader. I don't want to know about that. I want to know when people failed to be a leader and how they came up from it. And then that might give me a clue as to how I can be better at leadership or being a leader in my own life. Uh, and the same thing with reinventing and, and choosing yourself. I don't have the answers for anybody else. I just know what I did to, mm -hmm. to experience these, these things. That's why I asked you what you did because I learned from what you did. Mm -hmm. I never thought of that like, oh, I'm just going to show – if I'm interested in something, just show up where the team is practicing. Right. What a great idea. I never <laughs> heard of that before. That should go in my book. Right, exactly. It's not too, because I, and because I self-published, by the way, maybe it will go in my you book. I, got, I still got three weeks to go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, reinvention. So, um what do you think, you know, in the previous, we've had you on, I think, three times now. You're the second most interviewed person on this show. I a great honor. The second most. Um, who's the most? Who's beaten me? Got him, Chris Lee, who's like a, a leadership transformation okay. coach. Yeah. So, and we'll link up all the previous ones to so everyone else. If you haven't heard those, make sure to check those out. Uh, you've powerful. been on mine quite a bit too, by I the way. I've been on, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate no it. No problem. You're, com you're coming on again when your next book comes that's out. That's right. That's right. Um, I'm curious, what's the biggest lesson you learned? You know. If you guys listen to the previous ones, you talk about all these different mistakes you made in business of making millions and then losing it all in like two days every time or whatever over like a summer every time. Yeah. You a million dollars a month. It, it would happen stories. so blindingly fast. It would be Crazy. like I I am really one of the least intelligent people on the planet. <laughs> most I'm brilliant the least, and then you're the least intelligent. I'm yeah. the least intelligent person who's ever been on this podcast. There you go. So. Okay. What do you think is the biggest lesson looking back at all those mistakes or those those things that you did? What do you think is the biggest lesson you learned? And do you have any regrets over the last 20, 25 years in your business kind of career? You know, um, I will answer the first question first. I think that the biggest lesson I've learned is how common the experiences of making a mistake and coming back from it. So so there's this, you know, you know, I think things happen in the reverse order of how things people think they happen. People think things happen in beginning, middle, end. What really happens mm. is end and then despairing fog where you can't even see two feet in front of you and then beginning. So again I'm gonna ask <laughs> you, what happened? You 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 just described a story. You were on you were sleeping on a couch at your sister's. That tells me that there was an end. Yes, my to football something. career was over. Right. So so you started your story mm -hmm. with an end. Mm -hmm. So and then there's a fog. Like you saw something on TV mm -hmm. and you didn't know how you started doing reasons. You didn't know how to get involved. Nobody was returning your calls. <laughs> you know, they laughed at you. Uh -huh. You were you, you know, there's this fog in the middle. It's not even, you don't even know it's the middle because it's so foggy and you don't even know what to do. Like, oh, should I go to New York and sh just show up there? What's going to happen? And then there's the beginning. Then now you're on the team. Yeah. Bam, beginning. And it's, that story's not over yet, right? Like you're mm -hmm. going to continue to be on the team. So we haven't reached an end to that story. Right. But but that was the story though. That's how you ended the story was you did end, 
fog beginning. Mm. And so I think that's the commonality of all of these reinventions and all these stories of, of failures and mistakes and growth. It's not like your failure or my failure. It's everybody goes through this and everybody I've had on my podcast has gone through this mm-hmm. where we, we end something and it didn't work out the way we thought it was going to work out. It wasn't like, oh, I did it. I made it to the Olympics and got seven gold medals and now <laughs> life is over. It's like, no, you, you, life continues. Something bad happens and, and you're on your, your sister's couch and then there's that fog and then there's the beginning. And all these there, there's a commonality to all these stories. So when I've lost, let's say I've lost all, all my money, I've lost all my belongings, I've lost mm-hmm. my family, marriage, everything, they all have the same thing in common, which is something ended. I didn't know what to do. I started with... Um, recapturing that that what I call this daily practice that I talk about in Choose Yourself where, okay, rather than worrying and regretting what happened, I got to focus today on my physical health. I've got to be around people who are good for me. I've got to be creative and I've got to be grateful and compassionate for, for what I have. So I have to every day check those boxes. And then, you know, bit by bit, I climb out of the hole that I had dug for myself and a new beginning can start. But it always gets back to kind of following this daily practice and making sure today I check those boxes. Because the only way I can predict a good tomorrow is if today is a good day. Mm. And today is a good day only if I'm not sick in bed, I'm not around bad people, I'm not doing boring things, I'm doing creative things, and I'm not complaining. I'm being grateful instead of complaining. You can't complain and be grateful at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Do you do you have a lot of bad days still? Or have you kind of like worked it so well that you know exactly what you need to do when you wake up to when you go to bed? Uh, yeah, I have I have days where, um, where you know, the, the, the devil always flirts with with you, you know, you, you, you and I don't mean this in a religious way. I'm not I'm, I'm sort of a religious, but uh, but you're always your your brain wants to complain all the time like oh i'm not getting enough food or i'm not they're not returning my phone calls mm. from the national handball team or whatever <laughs> like your brain always wants to kind of discourage you um and you and i just have to say okay this is this is what my brain is telling me but the reality is i'm going to check the boxes on physical emotional mental spiritual health and i just always have to pull mm. myself back to that whenever i right. feel those demons coming up cuz they come up every single day like there's always there's always you know I'm like a shy person for instance so whenever I'm about to do a podcast like let's say I'm going to do a podcast with I don't know Barack Obama right. I've never done a podcast with him, but right. let's say let, let's say even he agreed to do all my podcasts I can guarantee you 10 minutes before the podcast starts I am praying that he's about to cancel <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just too nervous. I get wow. too nervous. I, I, I we were, we were um, having a coffee down the street from here. Just so I, I always make sure I get to a place early. I scope it yeah, out, yeah. and then I go get a coffee, and and so I'm in the area. I was praying you would say, "Oh, I gotta cancel." <laughs> Lewis House just canceled. Okay, all right, I'll just have a coffee here. And go home. Chill. Yeah, yeah. yeah no stress. Right. Go home and watch TV or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't. Uh, I'm glad I didn't cancel. So you're here. Um, By the way, I didn't answer the second question, yeah. which is regret. I, I I really try hard not to regret anything because mm-hmm. then I wouldn't be here talking to you, which you is go. which is a cliche. I hate doing any cliche, like, but I I force myself not to regret. Yeah, there you go. Is there anything missing in your life right now? I, I find that you're constantly inventing, you're purging, you're creative, you're doing things that looks like you want to be doing. Is there anything missing? There are a ton of things missing from my life right now. I never I never think about them. I can list I can list a thousand things that are missing from my life right now, but I I won't start that. That's one list I will not start. 
Okay. So, so you don't focus on those things. Never. Do you ever do you ever think about them and say, okay, I'm going to go create this, the thing that's missing, or I'm going to make it happen, or do you just allow it to be? I mean, if I'm sitting and, I'm, and there's a blank piece of paper, I don't feel like they're, they're, I'm missing the words that should go on this mm. paper. I just start doing it. But um, I mean, if you're like, you know, if you're missing peace, inner peace, and you're stressed out all the time, and you're like, yeah, I'm missing peace right now, would no, you go because, create that or no? No, because I know if, I'm, if I stick to being healthy and being around good people and being creative every day and, and being, uh, uh, you know, compassionate and grateful to the, for the people around me, then I'll get – you never reach – there's no such thing as inner peace. So you'll mm. never reach it, but I'll get uh, closer and closer to feeling well-being. Yeah. So, so well-being, you could think of it in many different ways as opposed to happiness. You could think of well-being as having good relationships, mm-hmm. getting more and more competent at something, and feeling more and more of a sense of freedom. Mm. So – and freedom could be defined in lots of ways, but you could feel freedom even if you're stuck in solitary confinement in a jail. You mm-hmm. could You could – feel good about you know being creative right, and right. being happy and so yeah, on. Yeah. This is the beginning of the year right now when this is coming out. So at the end of 2017, what would you like to accomplish where you say, like, wow, that was a great year. Like that was, I couldn't have asked for anything better. I created everything I wanted to do. What would that be? Well, I, I, I never think about it in terms of a year, but I will think about it in terms of a day. And so, so all those things I mentioned of um, – um, you know, that daily practice I do of, of being healthy in those mm-hmm. four areas, I want to be 1% better every day. And now it's hard to, co- it's hard to compound that. Like wow. what, what does it mean to be 1% emotionally more healthy? There's no way to, to quantify that. But if I think in those ways, it compounds. So mm-hmm. 1% a day compounded is 3,800% a year, which means you're 38 times better than you were at the beginning of a year. So, so that's what I aim for. I hope to be like 38 times better in my creativity, mm-hmm. in my emotional health, in my physical health. Now, I don't know what that means. It doesn't mean I'm going to lose, you know, I'm going to have 38 times the muscle right, or anything right, like right. that. But I don't know what it means, but I just want the mindset of cool. improving every day. Yeah. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this, assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning PIVI Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already 
already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Can you, you know, I feel like you're one of the smartest guys I've had on who knows how to take an idea and turn it to a lot of money quickly. You've done this many times in previous companies. You're doing this now with your own business. I feel like you have an incredible lifestyle where you can live and travel at any time. Nothing holds you back in terms of physical possessions or rent or car or whatever. What are you doing right now to to generate money? I know we talked about this the other day, but what's the different things you're doing from your ideas to creating content and you package it in such a beautiful way to generate a lot of revenue. Can you talk? Can you break it down for us? Sure. So, so I mean, I do a lot of different things. I have um, a, a a business where I've spent many years angel investing. Mm-hmm. So I'm invested in a lot of different companies, and those are are you know bit by bit. Like let's say there's one a year has an exit that's that's good, uh, uh, but that's like a side business. I never even think about it. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't do any angel investing anymore. I sort of did it all. Here's the here's the thing about angel investing, and I'll quickly go on to the the, the, the business I have. The thing about angel investing is you don't invest, and then a, a couple of days later you make money. No, it's like eight to ten years, right? Yeah, <laughs> like I have investments from 2009 that are going great, but I'm probably not going to see money from them until 2020. Wow. So that money, and you have to invest like a good amount of money for it to have impact. That money, I will, I will never. I didn't know even in two thousand nine. It's gonna be. It's like you say goodbye to it for eleven years. Yeah. So. And you may never get it back. You may never get it back, but but you know now since most of my investments were in the period, let's say two thousand eight to twenty eleven, when things were kind of at a low, uh, I don't invest at the moment, and uh, those investments are are now I've seen the zeros have kind of happened already. They, they, they sort of disappear early on. And then now what I'm left with are all the companies that are growing. So I'm pretty happy with, with what's left, but, um, that's a side thing. Yeah, that's a side thing. So, so I decided about a year and a half ago, March, 2015, I'm going to, um, I decided a little before then, but this is when it launched end of February or early March, 2015, I'm going to take my writing and my podcast, and I'm going to kind of move it up a level, which means I'm going to hire support staff, researchers, a team to help me, um, you know, a team to help me with distribution, a team to help me make my podcast much mm. better. Uh, I also saw um, a lot of things that I wanted to address that nobody was addressing. For instance, there was so much bad finance advice out there. Mm. I decided, okay, look, people, this is something I don't normally write about, but people need help with this. I'm not going to do this for free because I'm going to hire people to help me. Um, and I want I, I think in order for something to be a really good idea, it needs to be sustainable and it needs to generate profits. Uh, so I decided I'm going to make a business around my writing. So 99% of my writing and podcasting, I give away for free. The same as I always did. My, my good writing, I give it away for free. But then I have a, a monthly report that I put out that is a little bit extra. So a little bit extra on how to make a new business, uh, how to self-publish a book, uh, tips on nutrition, tips on um, just all these different ways to have a better life. And sometimes I write the stories. Sometimes through my Rolodex, I find other people to write the stories and I let them link to whatever. You know, if somebody is like a really one of the best nutritionists in the world, they'll write a Mm. a piece about nutrition for the coming new year or, or whatever. So I sell that. It's like 20 to 30 pages a month. Uh, and I and it's a monthly subscription. And then I have other products. One is uh, I used to run a hedge fund, 
So I know a lot of hedge fund managers. So I will once a month with my researchers, uh, I'll, I'll reach out to different hedge fund managers I know and I'll see what they are buying and selling in the stock market and I'll pick the best ideas I could think of. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll, I'll say, look, this is, you know, Warren Buffett maybe bought, I don't know, Facebook at this price and now it's trading 20% lower. So, oh, it's probably a good buy because if Warren Buffett bought it 20% higher, it's as if someone like Warren Buffett is working for me for free and I buy things at a discount to him. So how could it, it, it's hard for it to go wrong, particularly if I find the 20 best Warren Buffetts out there and diversify among all of them. So I sell that for a much higher price. So, and then I have a couple of products like that. And I have a, a monthly book club, like where I go in depth into my favorite mm-hmm. books of the month. So I have a, I have like four or five products, and the podcast makes money, the books make money. So all together, we started in March 2015. It's the end of 2016 right now. Since the day we launched, we've generated about 30 million in revenues. Amazing! So it's super profitable, uh, and it's helped a lot of people. Like we get testimonials every day. By the way, I'm not suggesting anyone buy any of my products. Don't buy them. You can get. Just as much value just reading my free stuff. Stick to my free stuff. If you think I shouldn't be selling anything, like a lot of people say, oh, you're selling your book for 99 cents. You're just in it for the money. <laughs> like if you think I'm making a lot of money off of a 99 cent book, then you're 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 out of your mind. Right. Um, and, and I have about, you know, a dozen or so employees. Uh, one thing I realize is I'm really horrible at being a CEO. So I've outsourced. I not outsource is the wrong word, but I hired someone to run the business. I I don't really interact that much with the people in the business, but they all do an excellent job. They're all like A plus people and they all do an excellent job. And I just write and feed them writing every day. Mm. And then they figure out how to do it and how to package it into products. And they they do an excellent job. What do you feel like uh, every online content creator should be focusing on in terms of products? Should it be one-off or do you really love the continuity because it sounds like you have two or three different continuity programs? Well, you need you need continuity because you don't want to... The best thing in the world is subscription revenues and you want to hold yourself to it as well. Like I want, I, I know that I need to generate higher quality content next month than the month before. So it pushes me to be even more successful the, the next month than I was mm. the month before. People need to have a return on investment if they're paying you for a product. So it really puts the creative challenge on me. It's almost a creative constraint. And so so I think continuity is important. I also think, um, I think also not to be afraid to charge. This was a big challenge for me was to asking people for money. Uh, and, and that was a challenge. I, I felt bad doing it. And people were like, why is he asking for money? He used mm-hmm. to give stuff free. I still give the same amount. Of, I still give more stuff for free now. Yeah. Um, but I think the main thing when people are just starting out is don't even focus on things that you're going to charge for. The first thing is build up goodwill. Yeah. So write, have a vision about what you think the world should be like. Write quality stories, not just content. I don't like the word content. Write quality Mm. stories about your vision and how it relates to you personally. And then don't just create your name.com and put all of your content there and nowhere else. Like write on LinkedIn, write on Medium, write on the Huffington Post, write on other, write on as many websites as you can, write for newspapers, write Mm. for television networks, um, have a podcast, write a book. Be on as many media as possible and 
it, because nobody is on nobody is going to your destination site anymore. I mean, they might in some special cases, but uh, in general, the, the audience on LinkedIn isn't going to say, "Okay, now that I've checked LinkedIn, I have to go to jamesaltcher.com because right. there's too many places to check out then." So make sure mm-hmm. you go where the people are. You know, it's like Wayne Gretzky say, saying, you know, skate to where the puck is, put uh, where the puck is going, not where it is. So people are going to all these aggregator sites, and that's where you want to publish. Then, very important, you got to build an email list because you need to be uh, in. You need to have people enroll in what your vision for the world is. You need to have people basically raise their hand and say, you know what. I kind of agree with what this guy is saying, and I want to hear a little bit more about what he has to say. So um, build an email list is really important because those are also going to be the people who are, are you know, your, your friends, your contacts, the people who are most likely to help you build your business by, you know, um, saying, yeah, he's writing about all this finance advice. I'm he, I agree. He's hiring all these people. I'm going to subscribe to this. It's, there's value here. So it's your email list are the people who value what you do the most. And uh, uh, I think those two steps, syndicating mm-hmm. your content everywhere, yeah. producing content as much as possible and in as many different forms as possible, and then creating an email list. From there, if you just do those two things, you will be able to create a valuable business. Mm. What do you, do you suggest people say, great, syndicating, how do I get on all these different platforms? Well, I mentioned places that are uh, like open medium. source, yeah. medium, um, anybody can publish to, LinkedIn, anyone can publish to. You know, we were talking about Instagram earlier. Uh, I forget, I think it was off before we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. What I do is with Instagram, I don't just post a photo like everyone else does. I'll take the caption and make that an article. And uh, mm-hmm. uh Play, play with the medium that yeah. you're, you're choosing and, and do fun things with it so, so it'll attract the new audience. And, and Instagram, nobody can stop me from publishing on Instagram. Right. It's, not like a, it's not like they have to – I choose myself. I don't want to be chosen to write anywhere. Right. So, so either they you know, ask me if you – know, either a company will ask me, hey, can we pu- republish this article or publish something by you? Or I just directly syndicate. Yeah. But – because I want to focus my time on reading, writing, and podcasting and experiencing things, I hire people to help me do the syndication. Mm-hmm. So it costs me money, and so that means some things I have to charge for. So that's mm-hmm. how a business yeah. gets built. And what's the most profitable product that you have? Is it the lower-end product, the higher-end product? or? Uh, it's hard to tell because it's a young business still. It's been yeah. a year and a half. But you know, I'll just be honest about the uh, earnings. So – uh, last year we had about 17 million in revenues and 1.6 million in earnings. This year we'll have maybe 12 million in revenues and 2 million in earnings. So we moved down on the revenues, but we moved up on the bottom line because I, I wanted mm-hmm. to focus more on the bottom line this year. Uh, I saw how it's easy to get revenues. It's hard to make profits. Yeah. So so I focus much more on the on the bottom line, so 20% improvement there. And But I don't really know yet um, – you know, when you have four or five products, it's actually complicated to figure out where you're making money, what mm. sources. Uh, I, it's hard to t- tell whether the cheaper products or the more expensive products make more money. I yeah. think I'll know within three, within another year or two. I'll know. Sure. I'll have a better sense. Sure. But you like having them all right now. Yeah. Now you yeah. need them all. You need. You need. Yeah. You need free, cheap, expensive. Yeah. So because free shows you who has signed up for your vision of the world. Cheap shows you who um, believes in it so much and who is being helped so much that they're willing to really value what the, what you do. Mm-hmm. And then expensive shows you, okay, there are some things out there where people are even valuing it even more. And so I'm going to yeah. put more energy into yeah. that too. I like that. 
What's a question that uh, you wish more people would ask you? Uh, you've asked a lot of good questions. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think oh, people, people, a lot of people ask me, do I feel happier since I've thrown everything out? And uh, uh, or, or or I should say that's the wrong question. Uh, I I think the right question is how has my life improved since I've thrown everything out? Because I don't think I'm necessarily happier since I've thrown everything out. I think though my life has improved in that I never ever have to think about any of those things. Mm. So sometimes that means the good thoughts and the bad thoughts. So I'm not necessarily happier because I miss some of the good thoughts that mm. some of my possessions. Right. Like for instance, I had a. Um, an original sketch by one of the original animators of Snow War- Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs of That's one of the cool. dwarfs. Yeah, I had um, uh, an, an animation cell from the opening sequence of the '60s show I Dream of Genie. Mm. Um, I had a, I was a collector. I have all these cool collectibles. Stuff. I had a, a Doctor McCoy doll from uh, the '70s. So I collected things, and so I'm a little sad not having mm. those things. I had I used to have all my books in a big case. Every book I had written in every language and, no and, way. and, and trophies and things like that, all that is gone. Um, so it's a little sad for me there. Uh, I have pictures, photographs of when I was a kid, photographs of my family, all gone. Um, but so that's why I'm not recommending this as a way of life for anybody because right. it's painful too. But um, what's better is that it does completely free me up for uh, creating new experiences in my life mm. and – Totally brand new from scratch with a blank slate, and I and I really enjoy that, and uh, and it gives me a pleasure in life that I haven't had had before. So it's this, so it's a new type of pleasure and experience. Mm, I like that. Okay, final few questions for you because I'm smelling the food being made right now, so I'm getting hungry. Oh yeah, we're having we have like lunch. a vegan yes, chef yes. making. Uh, bacon-flavored vegan food. Amazing. I'm really looking forward yeah, to it. It's going to be good. With our mutual friend who uh, yes. we didn't even know was a mutual friend. Yes, Bill Glazer, yes. Um, one of the questions is, I think we asked this the last time. It's called the uh, Three Truths. I don't know. I can't remember if you said this the last time when I, it was. But I, I have. By the way, I have a really bad memory. Okay, yes. <laughs> so I think okay. I have early-onset Alzheimer's. I'm a little bit worried about really? that. That's yeah. not good. Yeah, that's no, so good. that's why I... I don't know if it's just an age thing or – but I'm, uh, I think eliminating most sugar from your diet is actually helps with – because they're thinking of re- renaming Alzheimer's Diabetes 3. I've heard that. Really? I, maybe it's just a rumor. I don't wow. know. <laughs> but but, uh, but I, I decided I'm, I, I, it out. I just don't really remember things, so I'm just going to um, cut out sugar. Gluten and sugar probably will help. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, well, this is called the three truths. This is what we want people to remember you by. Okay. So something that everyone so remember. So if I you. have a trouble yes. remembering it, I could call, <laughs> yes, I could call exactly. many of your listeners and they'll tell me. <laughs> they'll tell you. The three three truths is you've written incredible books already. You're going to write many other great works uh, over the years. Of knock your on life. glass. Yes, knock on glass. Um, and if this was uh, you know many years from now, it's your last day, and you get to and everything was erased. Choose yourself is gone. It sold millions of copies. Reinvent yourself, and the other million books that you write are gone for whatever reason. And all people have to remind to remember you by are these because there's no possessions you have to give anyone, obviously, because you don't have anything. But what they have is a a piece of paper, and um, you write down three things you know to be true about all of your experiences in life that you would pass on. These could be three lessons, three truths, something that you would share with your family, but also a message to the world about everything you learned. What would be the three things you know to be true? Uh. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to go to four things because okay. this is the thing where I always get back to all the time, which is what I wrote in Choose Yourself, 
and I rewrite it, uh, you know, in, in other places. But physical health, emotional health, every day, one percent improvement every day. Creative health and spiritual health, which just means gratitude. It's so important. It saves my life. Like literally, when I don't do that every day, I go right into the sewer, and I mean that in every possible way you could possibly imagine. And when I do do that, it reaches me to new heights in ways that I would mm. never expect. Wow. So. That that's really it. That's Other cool. than that, I really don't give a shit actually. Because once I'm dead, <laughs> I'm dead. Right. Like there you go. it's sort of like it's sort of like before you were born, who who was missing you? Nobody. So for 15 billion <laughs> years, nobody was missing me before I was born because they didn't even yeah. know I was going to exist. And then there's going to be another trillion years after I die. So you just yeah. kind of like try on this food body as like a clothing for like 80 years or so, and then it's gone. All right. So- <laughs> okay. There you go. And what, is there a process every morning where you go through these four categories? Do you write them down? Do you meditate? Is there a process? Or is uh, it kind of just throughout the day? I, I do roughly think how I'm going to achieve these, you know, th- do this 1% improvement each day. And it's going to happen differently. And every single day will happen differently every single day. Yeah. But really it, what it is is I never do a to-do list because I think to-do lists are very stressful. Because it's like, oh, it's halfway through the day and I didn't call back Lewis or whatever. <laughs> uh, um but at the end of the day, I'll think um, I'll think of an I did list. So, and I and the first things on my I did list was well, did I do the physical, emotional, creative, spiritual? That's cool. So always do an I did list, never do a to do list. That's cool. Okay. Um, before I ask the last question, I want to acknowledge you for a moment, James, like I do all my guests, for your incredible creativity and your thank you, your, Lewis. your wisdom. I feel like whenever I'm around you, I assimilate this like wealth of wisdom that you have. In terms of vice versa, I'm gonna I show up for the the <laughs> national chess team. I'm here, boys. <laughs> Let me in. Exactly, and uh, you just have such incredible generosity with your your way of being, with your energy, with your wisdom. You're so free and sharing constantly the things you do. I never feel a sense of like holding back of information from you with with me as a peer, but also with your your listeners and with with everyone in your life. So. The fact that you've been through so much, you've learned so much, and you constantly are willing to share it with everyone, for me, is really inspiring. Thank you, Louis. List me up, and uh, I feel like I get smarter every time I'm around you. Well, I, and I will acknowledge you. I will say, and this is in particular your podcast, mm. because, and I'm, that's why I'm so grateful to be on it. And not that we're just sort of going back and forth here. <laughs> that's what it just seemed like. But um, I listen to your podcast often to prepare for my own, not just uh, when we have – sometimes we have similar guests, but sometimes we don't. But you, you're a great interviewer, and I listen – It's yours is one of the few podcasts I listen to just to keep me in shape for my own. So mm, I appreciate good it. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, hope this, I hope this particular episode matches up. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Um, before I ask the final question, where can we connect with you, and where should we get the book, the new book, Reinvent Yourself? Well, reinvent yourself. You can get it on Amazon, and right now you can get it in either paperback or you know once this is out, you can get it in paperback or or ebook. Uh, and and they should bundle it and get choose yourself at the same time. Yeah, are you going to do a discount the first week for this as well? Well, that's ninety nine cents. This is as right cheap now. as Amazon Perfect. lets me go, and uh, uh, you can find me. Here I just said don't go to anybody's destination site, but you can find me at jamesaltature.com or LinkedIn, Medium, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, In- yeah. yeah, I'm trying to build my Instagram following, so Instagram at Altature, and that's it. There you go. Okay, and the final question is what's your definition of greatness? Uh, just having well-being every single day. Just doing those those four things every single day, that will get you to greatness. 
There's no, there's no way out. James Altucher, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate Thank you, Lewis. Yes. There you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this interview with James. If you did, please share this with your friends. You can use the podcast app right now if you're on your phone. Just click on the share button and tweet it out. Tag me, at Lewis Howes, and at Altucher. And if you're on Instagram, snap a little screenshot and put it on your Instagram story and let me know that you're listening. I love to connect with people who are tagging on Instagram stories as well. And also make sure to check out the YouTube channel. We've got all the videos of the interviews over there so you can connect and and leave a comment below the YouTube channel at YouTube slash Lewis House. You guys mean the world to me and I want to know your thoughts about reinvention. Have you been reinventing yourself over the years or do you get stuck from time to time and you're not sure how to reinvent or you're afraid of what it might look like if you reinvent? If you leave an identity behind and you recreate a new identity, are you afraid of that to happen? So let me know. Share with me anywhere you feel comfortable on social media what it's like to reinvent. Are you afraid of it? Are you great at it? Do you see value in this? And share with me your thoughts. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for sharing this out. Thanks for being a part of this community. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 